Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast. My name is Michael Bath, and today is Owner's Stories. It's Tuesday. It's Owner's Stories Day. We're up to number 30. Number 30 in Owner's Stories. It's, it's, it's getting up there. It's getting up there, and I've still got a lot more to get through. In saying that, I'm always looking for new owners to chat to. So if you've got, uh, if you own a Porsche, if you own a 911, if you own a Boxster, if you own a Cayman, if you own a 944, a 924, a 928, whatever Porsche you own, it doesn't matter. Every Porsche is important. Every Porsche has a great story. Uh, and if you want to be on this podcast, just reach out to me. The best way to reach out is usually by Instagram, uh, Porsche Cooled. You can also go to my Michael Bath one as well, michael.bath, um, and just send me a DM. Just send me a DM, tell me about your cars, uh, say hello, and um, I'll get back to you and we'll organize a time to schedule recording. Um, These recordings are all done by Zoom. Uh, All you need to have is you just need to have a microphone or or a headset of some sort. It just makes the sound that little bit better. I'll look after all the recording side of it and we'll just chat about your car. We'll chat about your Porsche story. Um, But anyway, today I have another owner from the the, uh, United States coming in from the US uh, and I've got Scott coming through very, very shortly. He's going to connect into Zoom in about 10 minutes or so. I'm just doing the recording in preparation for that. Uh, Scott is a longtime Porsche owner. Uh, he owns a few Porsches. You would have seen it in the title. Um, some he still has, some he doesn't, I think. Uh, once again, I'm going to say what I say at most of the podcasts that I start, most of the owner's stories is I don't know a lot about Scott's story. I kind of like it that way. I kind of like how I, I just start talking to people and I don't know a lot and I find out along the way with you guys. Anyway, let's get Scott. Let me just get organized. Uh, like I said, it's almost time and I'll get Scott and we'll start talking about his Porsche Cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled podcast. Like I said, owner stories, uh, number 30, number 30 today. Um, so today I have I have a good one, actually, because uh, I have Scott coming in from the US and Scott is, he's a longtime Porsche owner and Scott's with me now. Uh, how are you, Scott? Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time out this afternoon to come on the podcast. I know it's uh, about mid afternoon there where you are, isn't it, in the US? Yeah, it's it's about two o'clock right now. Two o'clock in the afternoon. So you've taken a, a long lunch break, or you've you've got the afternoon off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the rest of the afternoon off. I think I'm done now. <laughs> That's good. So um, I'll just tell the listeners, you know, you, you reached out to me through Instagram, which which I always say is the best way to uh, contact me for uh, owner stories. And uh, Scott's got an interesting story, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it today because th- there's a good there's a good variety, and you would have seen it in the in the title what Scott what Scott owns now, and there's a really good revi- variety of, of Porsches, and I think you guys are really going to go enjoy really going to um, enjoy it. So Scott, the best the best way to start these owner stories is always starting at the very beginning, and I always like to start with the I always like to start with the same question and end with the same question. Uh, and the first, the first, the first question is, you know, when did you, when did you first notice, started, uh, start noticing Porsche? You know, was it, was it when you were a kid? Uh, was it just, you just had a love of cars or, you know, did it happen, uh, later in life when you, when you started getting a little bit older and you had the funds to actually started to, uh, you know, enjoy them and to buy them. So when did it all start for you? Yeah. So it all started when I was a kid. Uh, my family moved from Illinois to Indiana and that would have been somewhere 70, 77, 78 time period. And uh, I remember we moved into a new house in the middle of the winter. 
and uh, it was in the middle of the of a blizzard. And when I say blizzard, I mean we had snow up to the top of our garage. Oh, okay. And uh, we were not used to that, so we didn't know what to think about that. But anyway, um, that spring, I saw the neighbor open up his garage door, and uh, you know he was a young guy, uh, looked like he was uh, was doing pretty good, but. He opened up the garage door and pulled out a 924, a black, black on black 924. And uh, I remember thinking that that was, that was really something I never, I've never seen a Porsche. That was the first Porsche I'd ever seen. Um, So that was pretty cool. And then shortly after that, um, there was a big buzz over at his house and he had just gotten the first 944. Oh, okay. um, That had come to our town. So at that, Back then, we had a we had a Porsche dealer local. Um, it was called Putnam Porsche. Um, I mean, super small. Matter of fact, I just went past the the old dealership just a couple of days ago, and it just amazes me how small that dealership was. I don't I don't think you could fit three cars in their showroom. So it's still a Porsche dealership. No, no, they've oh, been closed for decades. Oh, they've been closed for a long time. Okay. Yeah, but the building's still there. Okay. Um, Anyway, so, uh, and I just remember how exciting it was that, you know, I was a, I was a kid, I was, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, you know, I, I remember how exciting it was that, you know, the, all the neighbors came over to look at it, you know, all of his friends came over and, you know, they were, uh, you know, everybody was all over this car and this was uh, just a, a, a real neat thing that, that everybody was excited about. So that's, that was my first Porsche, um, Okay, so you see that you see that nine four four Scott. The guy gets a nine four four. It's it's you know it's memorable because it's your first Porsche that you've seen, um, you know. And then in latter years, does that nine four four come back into your head? Like when you start thinking, you know, you want to get your own car. I mean, most people can't start with a Porsche. Most people start with something you know more affordable. Um, so what came first? How did you how did your car journey start? And how did you get into your first first Porsche? Okay, so yeah, they, um, after that, I uh, like I, said, the, the, I didn't do much with Porsches, but uh, when it came about time for me to get my my own first car, I remember my dad, my dad and I, we brought home a tore up, wrecked '69 Triumph Spitfire. Okay, nice. Uh, and so we uh, we made a deal that we would fix it up, and and then uh, I would drive it. And if I didn't like it, I could sell it and then I could buy something different. Okay. Um, and of course, after we fixed it all up, I drove it and it was fun. It was exciting, but boy, those, those weren't really great cars from the factory. So that, I mean, when they were brand new, they weren't really great. And this one didn't have any heat. We live in uh, Indiana where we get snow, uh, snow and cold weather and you need heat and so your father was quite mechanical. He knew he knew how to wrench. He knew how to fix cars. Was that was that something he no. used to do? No. Yeah. No. No. We we both we both learned it at the same time. But with that car, I mean, we took the brakes apart. We rebuilt the brakes. We rebuilt the engine. When we got it, we had to. We actually pushed it. Oh, I don't know. Probably five or six blocks down the street from the neighbor we bought it from, who had it it was a project for him too and he didn't get on get onto it but we uh so we pushed it home and start we, we both started working on it and we both learned at the same time but that being said i that's how i learned how to start turning wrenches was messing with that car 
Okay, okay. So you had that car for you kept that car for a while. You used to drive that car around, or did did it leave pretty quickly? Yeah, I, I drove that for about two years. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, it 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 really wasn't a, a super safe car. I mean, uh, <laughs> even the brakes after we'd redone them. I mean, we did everything. We redid the motor. We redid the brakes. We we even painted. We painted it in our garage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So are you, uh, are you someone that works on your Porsches now? You actually work on your cars. You do you tinker with your cars, or you get other people to do it? I do. I I, I tinker with all of them. Um, now the the bigger stuff, um, I usually have that done. But I'm normally pretty close when they're doing it. So okay. either getting parts or you know even helping. Um, okay. But let's, then, but most other things I do myself. All right, yeah. that's great. Let's let's jump let's jump to the first Porsche. So, you know, I'm guessing I'm not sure how many years have passed, and then you start thinking, okay, you're in a position, and you think, okay, I'm going to buy a Porsche. I'm going to buy a 911. How did that come about? And what did you? What was the first Porsche that you bought? Yeah. So I was uh, after college. I I went directly into the Air Force, um, and I had. Uh, two friends there one of them had a 944 and one of them had a uh, uh, an early 80s uh targa 911 targa um and so that's what kind of got me looking that direction and a matter of fact i had a another friend then that had a night you uh you are looking or hunting for a 912 but i can remember writing that one thinking boy this is uh this is not like the 911 that my other friend had Yeah, yeah um Anyway, that being said, we, so I had a, I had a, after that, I got out of the Air Force and uh, I came home. So at that point, I'm, I'm in my early 30s and I've got a, a real good friend of mine that was looking for a, uh, a 993. And uh, so I, I helped him look for that. And he and I actually uh, traveled to Oklahoma to try to pick it up. And when we got there, they'd had a flood and this car was sitting in the middle of a Porsche dealer's parking lot and had water up to the bottom of the rockers. Oh, really? Wow. And it was sitting in a puddle. And at that, or, I mean, it was bigger than a puddle, I guess. But at that point, he and I both looked at each other and said, ah, this might be one we should leave alone. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we rented a car and drove back. Okay. Um, but uh, so, th- so that's what started me looking at that point because he had just, and he ended up getting a different one, but very similar. But so I started looking for one and I found a 98 uh, C2S. Um, and at the time I didn't know much about the, the 2S, but, uh, you know, later found out that that was pretty special car. It's a very Um, special car. So you, you found a 993, you've got the 98. So almost the end of the end of the production, wasn't it? You bought a 98. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the end of the, end of the production. And, from what I understand, uh, for the North American market, they imported 993 of them. Yeah, it's very rare. I mean, that's why they're so hard to come by now, aren't they? And they're so and also fetching very high dollars. Yeah. Um, so this was at a dealer. You found this car. How did you find this car? Was it was it a private sale? Was it a dealer? Where did how did you come come about buy it? Yeah, so this was a private sale. As a matter of fact, this was from a uh, it, it had it had been damaged in the front. Um, and so that's, it was, it was at a reduced cost, but I, I brought it back to Indiana and, uh, we fixed up the, the front of it and, uh, 
then I drove it for many years after that. So the damage wasn't that bad that it wasn't structural damage or anything like that. It wasn't very, it was just like cosmetic type of damage to the front bumper or was it, was it more serious? Yeah. Uh, bumper headlight, uh, fender, um, all of it was bolt on stuff though. All of it was, we, we, you know, we unbolted it and bolted the, the new stuff on and had it painted to color and, and, uh, so it was being sold was, in that condition. It was being sold damaged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No one I knew that day. That's back, um, you know, the early internet days. And yeah, uh, yeah uh, the guy had sent me some photos of it. Um, you know, I knew I could do a lot of the work on it myself. Uh, wasn't, I mean, I'd seen wrecked cars before, so I wasn't necessarily too concerned about about it being wrecked. Um, and that was a way I could afford to get into it. Um, I think I paid back then $18,000 for that car. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? When you think about it today, yeah, that's crazy. I, so you, you, you've got your first Porsche, you buy a 911, you don't just buy a 911, you've got a 993 Carrera 2S, which is a, which is a fantastic car. Uh, manual yeah. or Tiptronic? It was Tiptronic. Okay, um, Tiptronic. So you fix the car up, you start driving the car. This is, this is how many years ago? 20 years ago? Less than 20 years ago? Um, so, yeah, 20 years ago. Because um, I, sold, I sold it on my 40th birthday. Um, getting ready to, and I'm 55 now, but getting ready to start a family at that point. And, uh, and so how did it, I always like to know the feeling, Scott. How did it feel? You know, you, you, you remember that 944 that, you know, from when you were a kid, you managed to get a 911. You've got a Carrera 2S. How did it feel when you, when you took ownership of that car and you had it fixed and you had it sorted and, and you started driving it? Yeah, I remember that. It, it was brought to me on a uh, flatbed trailer. I remember it coming off the flatbed trailer and I was standing behind it and the driver fired it up and was getting ready to back it off of this trailer. And boy, I, would, I mean, the excitement level was, was to a 10 you know that uh, even even with it being banged up in the front of it, it it didn't matter. We uh, um, but pulled it off, and then at that point, I became a. I mean, I just I dove into the the Porsche world pretty deeply. I mean, reading all the magazines, reading all the books, reading all the blogs, any information I could get, I was yeah. I was devouring. Porsche. It's an addiction, isn't it? It's an addiction. That's it for is. sure. Once you start, <laughs> that's it. it it's is. all over. It's it all is. over. So when you bought this car, then it was it was it was probably reasonably new, even though it was damaged. It was probably not. How many years old was it when you purchased it? Yeah, it would have been uh, two years old, maybe three years old. I right. So, it, okay. So it's like a new 911. It's pretty, even though it's had the bit of damage, which you got fixed, which didn't impact anything in the long run. It's a, it's yeah. a reasonably new car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was a, it was a, a reasonably new car. And it, at that point in time, the Tiptronic was, Boy, they were. I mean, that was that was a, a big selling point. Yeah, and it was. this was this was Porsche's new thing. Yeah. That uh, I mean, I had that car not been a Tiptronic, I would still have it. But so was that. What was the deciding factor then? So how many years did you own the the nine nine three four? How many years did you own? Did you own it for quite a while? Oh, six or seven years, eight years possibly. Okay. Um, so you enjoyed yeah. the car. That's a long time to own, own uh, you know, one nine eleven. So you must have enjoyed it. So was that the was that the deciding factor, the Tiptronic, in the end that you said, 
I, I want to change it up. I want I want a manual, or I want something faster, or what? What was it from the? So the nine nine three, you just you've just got the nine nine three, right? You don't own any other Porsches at the same time. No, correct. I only own the one. You own the one. So you've got the nine nine three, and then you decide, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade it. I'm gonna get something else. What? How did that come about? Well, at that point, I had a two car garage, and my wife and I both had cars. And uh, I was driving a pickup truck and I would walk past that Porsche every day and go get in my pickup truck and go to work. And, you know, then I got to the point where I was like, well, I don't want to put the miles on it. And then I got to the point where, you know, I used to, you know, I would wash it more than I would drive it. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, have, I have since changed, but that's how I was then. Okay. And so, um, you know, my wife and I, we were talking about starting a family and it just seemed like a responsible thing to do. I was, had, uh, you know, uh, a play toy that I didn't necessarily use all that much. And it kind of became a, uh, 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 a toy that, that wasn't used. Okay. So, and my wife had, I made the mistake of putting, putting a, uh, uh, a Z, uh, whatever it was, the, the rest of the world suspension on it. Um, the ROW 30. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And Indiana roads are terrible. I mean, this is, this is, this is where the, the potholes come from. Uh, okay. So it destroyed um, the ride, did it? The ride was terrible just, on the roads in Just Indiana. destroyed the ride. And I mean, it was bad enough that my wife didn't even like riding in the car. So even when I would get in it, I would drive it by myself. So, but I still love the car still. And I still love Porsche. So, I mean, I, I was hooked on the brand. Um, so you got the 993 Carrera 2S. You're not driving it as much, so you decide to move it on. How many years pass before you get your next Porsche? Um, just a couple. and Maybe one or two. Um, I, was, uh, I had some friends that we were all training for marathons at the time. There was five or six of us. And uh, we all lived in pretty close proximity to each other. And one by one, everyone had Porsches. I had this, I had the, the two S and then a friend of mine got a Boxster. And then we were introduced to another friend that had a, a 71 Targa okay. and a, a Boxster. I think his was an 04. The other one was an 04 Boxster. Um, and then another guy we ran with, he ended up picking up a, 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 a I don't know what it was at that point, an 05 or an 06 um, C4S. Okay. Um, and it was funny cause we, we, we would, we would run and we'd all drive our cars to one person's <laughs> house. And it was funny. Someone was walking down the street. It's like your, your own private Porsche club. Right. Well, there was a guy walking down the street and he said, this looks like a PCA event. <laughs> and so at that point we started calling it the PCA E. So we call it the PCA Elkhart branch that uh and then uh, we gave it a, a greenleaf clubhouse address <laughs> <laughs> sounds good uh, so so what ha so how how does it so how many years passed then so you 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 sell the 993 and then a couple of years yeah. passed you said not that very long a year or two years pass and then you start looking for another car so you start looking for a Porsche correct started looking for a the one of the guys that, that, that I ran with, he ended up picking up a 2000 um, Carrera convertible, just a, a, you know, a base model 
Carrera convertible. Yep. And uh, at that point, he he drove it for just a just a very short amount of time, and then uh, I ended up buying that one from him. Okay. Um, Did he purchase it new or was it used? No, it was used. It was, it was a used. used car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and at, at that point, it, it it had it had not lived a, a, a super great life. Um, so at that point it was, I mean, it was perfect for me cause I picked it up and, um, you know, I, we, I wet sanded it and buffed it and polished it and did paint correction on it. And at that point it, it came out looking beautiful. Um, so it was just cosmetically, it wasn't looking great or mechanically it was okay, Scott. It was just the, the, the paint work and the interior that needed a bit of tender care or was it mechanically yeah, in- there was issues as well? Interior was perfect. Um, mechanically, it was perfect. It just had paint issues. It just had. It just wasn't taken care of. It. It looked like it had sat in a in a out in a parking lot for its life. And at that point, it was so that was it was probably a four or five year old car at that point. Okay, um, so still reasonably new. Still reasonably new. So how was correct. it? So it's a nine nine six nine nine six Cabriolet. Correct. Um, it's so you've gone from a you've gone from the hardtop. You've gone from the Carrera 2S and the 993. How was the experience going from the 911 Carrera 2S to the Cabriolet to the 996? Going from the air cooled to the water cooled. Can you remember the? Were there any key differences that you th- that you liked or you didn't like? Well, the the water cooled was a manual transmission. Okay. So that was a big that was a big plus for it. Um, and the fact that it was a, a convertible, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the convertible. Um, and it was faster. I mean, it was faster. It was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was more modern. Um, but it did not have the, it did not have the beauty of the, the 993. I mean, the 993 is still my favorite, still my favorite Porsche. It always surprises me that the 996 is faster than the 993 2S though. You know what I mean? I mean, I've heard yeah. that before because it's lighter, right? I mean, the Cabriolet is obviously a little bit heavier as well, but they were a lighter. The 996 were lighter. Well, the earlier ones were lighter anyway. Um, yeah. And the 993 um, used to start out in second gear. The Tiptronics start in second gear. Okay. You would, you would have to manually slide the, the gear selector over and put it into first if you wanted to go into first. Um, where, like I said, a manual, you can you can wind them up a little bit, and you get that ex, you know that that acceleration. Okay, so you've got you've got a manual nine eleven, you've got a cabriolet. Uh, you're enjoying the top down. How is it on the roads in where you live? Are you still living in the same area? The roads are still terrible. They're really bad roads. How's how's the car feel? Yeah, in the same area, the roads are still terrible. But the car, that car, I did not touch the suspension. Um, left it as it was, and that car rode much, much better. Um, and now, again, I think a lot of that is the suspension because um, the rest of my cars, I don't, I haven't changed out suspension on on any of the any of my other ones just because of the experience I had with that 993. Um, around here, the 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 lowered suspensions are are difficult to to manage. So how old was the, is the 2996 Cabriolet, right? How old was that when you bought it? What year did you buy that? 
so that would have been 2005, 2005, 2006 period. So it was fairly new. It was still, it was still fairly new. And did you have any, I mean, the listeners always like to know, were there any issues you had with that car? Because it's quite a new 996. Most people buying 996 now, they're buying them and they're 20 year old cars, you know, 15, 20 year old cars. As a new car, like a car that's only five years old, were there any major issues with the 996 Cabriolet? No, there were no issues whatsoever. Um, but, you know, at that point in time, that's when the IMS, you know, the dreaded IMS, that's when all that started. Um, you know, the cars were getting, a, a, you know, a couple of years on them and, and that's when they, they started to fail. So if you spent any time on the Internet at all, you were, you were terrified that the, the car was going to blow up every time you started it. So, um, so was that a deciding? So that was that's all coming out in the press, and then there's a court case and the the thing against Porsche or whatever happened in the U.S. Right? So is that is that um, is that a deciding factor for you to say, well, I'm I'm going to look for something else? No. Well, at that point, um, I immediately dropped the transmission in it, and you know they at that point they had a couple different fixes. There was one one company selling a ceramic bearing. And then the first LN engineering or, you know, the Jake Raby fix was just a, a, a beefier bearing. Right. So we, I, we immediately, me and a, a mechanic friend of mine, we immediately pulled the transmission, pulled the transmission out of it. We, we pulled the bearing out. We put a new bearing in, put a new oh, okay. main seal in, um, and at that point, it matter it, we pulled the bearing out, and the bearing was perfect. Okay. The bearing we pulled out was perfect. So you're quite mechanical uh, then to do that yourself. You actually are quite quite good if you're, yeah. if you're changing the bearing because that's not it's not super easy, is it? It's it's still there's still a lot to do. Yeah, and that was back before uh, you know we had all the YouTube videos showing us how to gonna, do it. I was going to say that you just before. have a book to read or or some diagram from from Porsche, maybe? Do you? How do you know how to do that then? Who's yeah. who's giving you the information to know how to change the IMS bearing? Well, the, the and the bearing came with some instructions, um, and then obviously at that point in time, um, you know, we asked a lot of questions. But once once we got in there and saw what was going on, it it's really not a, a, a terrible job to do. It's it's if you've got the the tools, and at that point, the tools had just come on the market, so we did buy the the tool set. Okay. And uh, yeah, it it's weird though, isn't it? I mean, I've heard, you know, I was I did an owner story uh, the other day as well with a guy that's got a Boxster from the US. And he he just bought it recently and he changed the bearing. And once again, the bearing comes out, there's nothing wrong with it. It's all fine. You know what I mean? It's like this this yeah, thing about perfect. the IMS, but I've heard and you yourself, uh, Jeff who I spoke to the other day and other people as well have taken the bearing bearing out and there's no issue. Um, yeah. So it makes you wonder, you know, and I know it's one of those things that's always in your head. It's always in the head with my car as well, the 997, uh, even though mine's got the larger bearing. And I don't think, I think LN, LN Engineering has something now for the larger bearing for the 06s. But yeah. um, I've never done mine. I mean, my engine number seems to be in the safer zone. Um, but yeah. it's always something, it's still always something on your mind. But it, I don't know, you know, does it happen that often? This is this is what I'm getting to, um, Scott. Does it really happen that often or not? Because nine times out of ten, people take the bearing out and it's fine. So Yeah, and ours was. Our, and the, you know, the, the rear main seal was in good shape. Um, the car didn't leak. And at that point, the car had, 
oh, maybe 30,000 miles on it. So it was a low mile car. Okay. Okay. Um, matter of fact, we, I mean, we, we, it was a big toss up. Do we replace the clutch or not? Um, we ended up replacing it only because we had it open. But I mean, that's the car had s- such low miles on it. We were, we even contemplated just sticking the, the, the factory clutch back in it and bolting yeah. it up. Because at 30,000 miles, it's probably still okay, isn't it? I mean, it depends on how yeah. heavy you are on the clutch. I mean, sometimes it can happen at that, that mileage, but it depends on how heavy the, you've been on the clutch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know in the, it's kind of odd because it, there's such a fear with the IMS. There's such a, you know, for me, I, it actually did me good because it, makes the, it made the cars cheaper. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I wasn't I, I wasn't afraid of fixing it. As a matter of fact, even to this day, I think I think that is passing now because I can see these cars. They're they're slowly creeping up. Um, matter of fact, I was I was looking for a, my next one's going to be a, a, a C4S is okay. what I would like to. Uh, it's what I'm kind of shopping right now. Well, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But see, the C4S, I worry now because the C4S is almost like we've missed the boat. I mean, I was looking at those as well, but it, it looks like, you know, um, I'm not sure the US prices, but I know in the UK and Australia, the prices have gone, jumped up very, very quickly. In fact, uh, in Australia today, I saw a 996 Carrera advertised and it was 80,000 Australian dollars and it had... I guess equivalent of 60,000 miles on it. So 80,000 Australian dollars is probably what 60 60,000 you 60,000 US, 60,000 dollars US at today's rate, somewhere like that. Yeah. So it's you know the prices are getting they're in 997 price range now, you know? So the 997s yeah. well, have, have all gone up. So the Carrera 4S and the Turbos, which I want to get onto because I know you have one. Um, yeah. they're getting very very sought after, very sought after. So you've got this 996 Cabriolet it's five years old or so. You change the IMS. You're feeling good about it. You're enjoying the car. It's it's got the manual transmission. It's good on the roads where you live. Why did you decide that you wanted to get rid of it? You wanted something else. Again, it, it came back to family, and uh, I had a little. I got a little boy. Um, at that point, he was little. Um, so uh, I had a friend of mine. And matter of fact, the, my friend still owns the car. The, the car is still local here, okay. um, but uh, he uh, he said, you know, you ought to sell that to me. And, and I mean, the first thing that came out of my mouth is it's for sale if you want to buy it. <laughs> and uh, so he everything's know, for sale. <laughs> it, well, exactly. And so we worked at a deal and I was I was I was happy. And, you know, we were you know, I was actually at that point. um I was kind of looking at, I was driving Mercedes too. I had a, uh, a CL 55. Um, oh, okay. You know, so a, a 500 horse supercharged. That's a nice car though. CL 55 is a nice car. Oh, I know. Yeah. So that, so that's what, that's what replaced it. And uh, that's what I ended up driving. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, yeah. So you, so you don't have a Porsche. So you got rid nope. of the cab. Your friends are enjoying the cab. So you're seeing that cabriolet. You're seeing him around driving it, right? So it's not sort of disappeared. Yeah. How how long does it take before you start thinking you need another nine eleven? Well, it was maybe two years later. Um, the same friend that we went to Oklahoma to look for the first nine nine three that started it. He called me and, he, you know, he said, you know, a lot about Porsches. You I mean, obviously not that I owned a bunch of them, 
but I just dove into the, the, the brand so heavily. I mean, I knew the, I, I knew what they were right. anyway. He, he calls me and says, uh, that someone had just called him and offered him a 996 turbo. And okay. he said, you know, I'm not interested, but, uh, they're trying to find out what they're, they're trying to figure out what this car would be worth. And uh, so I started asking some questions and it was a, a local company here that uh, the owner or the owner's son, I should say, um, bought the car as a company car, bought it brand new as a company car. And now it was time for the company to prop up the books, you know, get it ready for sale, uh, that kind of thing. And they discovered that they owned a Porsche 996 Turbo, and it was sitting in a warehouse. Okay. So this is a this. What sort of ter- what was it? Was it a Cabriolet? Was it a coupe? Was it manual? Was it a point yeah, two or a yeah. point one? Tell the listeners what it actually was and how you came about to acquiring this car. Yeah, it was a, uh, a 2004 996 Turbo cab. Um. And then so they they asked me, they said, well, will you come over and and take a look at this and tell us what we've got? And so I, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was excited to go look at that car. Um, So we walk into this factory and back in the the back corner, there's a 996 sitting there. I mean, it had, it had a quarter inch of dust sitting on top of it, hadn't moved, um, and so I start, I start talking to the, the, the guys that are running this company now. And, you know, they say, we don't know what we've got. We, they had heard some rumors about a turbo blowing up in the car. They had, uh, they had, they had heard some rumors that the, the car didn't run well, um, didn't know what they had. And so at that point, when, as soon as I saw it, I said, you know, I'm, I'll be happy to tell you what I think it's worth. I said, but. I would also, you know, like you to know that I would be interested in buying it. So, what I tell you what it's worth is what it would be worth to me. Yeah. Um, so we we start. I, I look over the car completely, and you know, the the car is just perfect. It, it is. It's just a. It was just stuck in a corner and left for, you know. So how many miles did it have on it, Scott? At that point, it had uh, mid seventy, mid seventy thousand miles on it. Okay, um, so seventy thousand miles. So it has been driven. So this was an yeah. 04, it's a 996.2 turbo cab. Um, what year was this when you decided to buy it? How long ago? So was this that? would have been uh, 2013, 2013, 2014 time period. Okay, so a nine-year-old um, car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I look all over this car and, and there is no indication that it's been, been abused. There's no indication that it's been, it was just forgotten. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, torn up or anything. It just, they forgot that they forgot what they had. Um, so at that point I, I, we had to jump it, but I fired the car up and boy, I mean, it fired right up and sounded great. Um so I did a you know a couple quick checks, uh, realized that it did not have a dipstick. I mean, I for being someone that they said, uh, hey, can you give us an idea what this Porsche would be worth? And you you seem to know a lot about Porsches. You know, I I spent 15 minutes back there looking for a dipstick. <laughs> they don't have them. Yeah, it's got um, the electronic one, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it took you know, me a it's second. funny you say that. When I bought my nine nine seven, I had the I had the same problem. I actually rang up my Porsche specialist and said, well, I don't know where the dipstick is. I should have just looked in the manual. And then I looked in the manual and I felt like an idiot because it's got the electronic yeah. one. But Yeah. Yeah. So then we're, we're in this, this warehouse and I'm telling these guys uh, kind of what I think about the car and um, happened to look up on top of a, some, some racking. Some, and there sits a, a hard top for the car. So how did it right. get forgotten though? They just They just... How long was it parked there for? Was it parked there for quite some time, was it? My my guess is a year, maybe two. Really? Um, it always I amazes think... me, Scott, how people just leave cars, you know? I mean, you can see why yeah. these, why when people find cars in under, underground car parks in the US and in, and there's just this, you know, 70s Carrera sitting there or something. You know, it's it's kind of bizarre, but it seems to happen quite a lot, doesn't it? It really does seem to happen quite a lot. Yeah. Well, and again, this was a, this was a, a company car. So yeah. it was, I mean, it was the, the, the guy's personal car, but it was in the company's name. Yeah. And when he, when he left the company, he left the car. Oh, right. I see. I see. So you, yeah. so you decide to buy the car, you offer them a price and they accept it. Yeah. And this car has been, because it's been sitting for over a year or, or two years, what precautions do you take? What do you do once you've done the deal? Do you, do you get a major service done? Is there something that, you know, are you looking over the car thoroughly because it has just been sitting? What, what did you do once you purchased it? Yeah, so I don't know if, if I mean, if you knew me, you would, you would know that, I, that those, those kind of things don't tend to scare me too much. Um, as soon as I fired it up and listened to it, um, you know, all the gauges came alive. The, the, pre, the, you know, the temps came up, the pressure the oil pressure came up, um, so yeah. So I uh, I pulled it out of the out of the warehouse and proceeded to redline it. I mean, I I, okay. <laughs> I didn't no precaution whatsoever. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I put it in first gear and let it have it. You know, um, and then after that, real quickly, we I did oil change and we got it up on a rack and and you know went underneath it and. The car was perfect. The car was absolutely perfect. The turbo was, there was not a turbo problem. There was not, I mean, all these guys, they just remember hearing rumors of the car and nobody knew. But at that point, like I said, once I got it home, I, 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 then I started digging through the car and uh, I found a stack of paperwork that was inch and a half thick. The, uh, the guy who had it took, took very good care of it. That's and uh, so he had a... Sorry, go ahead. The, the, the guy that had it had a, uh, uh, a warehouse in California. So he would drive it from Elkhart to California and then spend time there at his warehouse there and then drive it back. Okay. And that's the reason why it had so many miles on it. All right. So it's yes. long, long drives. So it's pretty good for the car, really, not sort of short traffic stop and go sort of drives. Yeah, because there was a, a bunch of the receipts in there, or a bunch of the, the invoices in there were from Beverly Hills. Okay. And I was like, you know, this is a, an, an Indiana car in California. Um, okay, so you've got this 996 Turbo cab. Um, 996 Turbos are very sought after now, whether it be Cabriolet or Coupe. Um, yeah. And you still have this car today, correct? Tell the listeners, you still... So this car must be pretty special because you've held on to it. Well, that, that story gets better. Um, 
So in shortly after that, probably, a, a, well, within a year, um, my wife and I divorced. And in the divorce, I sold the car. Oh, okay. So the car through uh, two other hands, through a, a, the guy I sold it to, he sold it to a dealer, a local dealer, for a, and traded it for on a Corvette. And then uh, a fellow out of Miami bought it and uh, had it down in Miami. So in 2018, I get a phone call from a, a fellow. I don't even know who, who he was, but right. he was calling and he started asking some questions about the turbo. And he said, you know, I know you had it listed uh, for sale, you know, back in 2013, 2014. And uh, he's, so he started, he was, he was just asking questions, you know, where the, where the coolant lines pinned, where, you know, uh, was the clutch ever changed? Did you ever have any trouble okay. with the car? So this is, this, someone, kind of this is someone that wants to buy the car. It's not a dealer. It's someone who's actually interested in purchasing the car from whoever's got it up for sale. Is that what's happening? Correct. Yeah, so it's a somebody who's who who who's investigating it from okay. the guy in Florida that's now selling it. Okay. So what do you so, do? Well, at first I talked to him, and um, you know it was it was an odd phone call, but I I talked to him and I, I told him the information that I that I knew about it. I kind of gave him the story of how I came about getting it, and then he and I both started putting the pieces together as how it got to Florida. Um. And then I, so at that point, I started asking some questions about the car and I was, you know, where's the car located and, you know, what's the guy asking for it? And this, and the guy wouldn't tell me, he was like, I'm not telling you any information. He said, he said, really? you go buy that car back. Okay. And at that point I told him, I said, no, there's no way I'm not buying that car back. I, I you know, I already sold it once. Um, so at this point I've, I'm remarried and, uh, so I, I, I thought it was, was funny. So I called my wife on the phone. I said, you won't believe this. You know, this fellow from somewhere calls me asking about that old Porsche I had. Yeah. And the first thing she said is, you have got to get that car back. Okay. She said, you know, this, <laughs> this is a sign. You've got to get the car back. So it was in Florida. Okay. So I got on the Internet and st started looking through Craigslist and <laughs> ended up finding a listing for that car on Craigslist out of Miami. See this, you know, this guy rings you up. He wants you to help him. He wants you to give information about the car, but he's not willing to tell you that where it's listed. You know what I mean? Like, correct. I don't know. There's something not right there. Is there? There's something not right. Yeah. There. Okay. So you but, find the car, you find the car. And then what do you do? You go down to Miami. You buy, how do you, how do you get the car back? Yeah, so I, I ended up finding a, a like I said a listing on Craigslist. So I called the guy, and uh, you know now I'm trying to make sure that it's the same car. Um, and then I asked him. I said, "Hey, is there a, is there a scuff mark on the uh, passenger side airbag?" Uh, and he says, "Yeah, there's a scuff mark on the airbag." I said, "Yeah, that's that's where my son used to kick the airbag." Okay. I was like, so so we, we're we're now pretty sure that this is the same car, um, and then so that yeah, so that way then my my wife and I we I we worked out a deal and my wife and I uh, got a flight. We flew down to Miami. We picked it up. <laughs> okay. So you know the question I'm going to ask: Did that guy that called you to find out about the car ever try to call you back and and say no, anything to I you because you? <laughs> 
You bought it. No. You bought it from him when he really wanted it. No, I, I, I never, I never heard from him. Okay. I don't even, I don't know even know how serious he was about okay. buying it. But it was, it's, it's an old saying. I, I say it quite a bit. But you know why one person's, uh, one person's thinking, another person's buying. Yeah. So you, if you want it, you should go quick. Okay, so you buy, you buy your, your nine nine six turbo cabriolet back. Are you happy? When you get it back home, oh. are, you, are you happy with it? Is it is it as good as it was yeah. before? Was it had it been you know looked after or not looked after? Yeah, it, no, it had been it had been looked after well. I mean, and the the it had it had about ten thousand miles on it more than when I sold it, so okay. it wasn't driven a bunch. But I remember we we pulled up into the parking lot of the condominium where this guy had the car. And I remember telling my wife, you know, I, I get excited from time to time. And I told my wife, I said, Hey, I said, if, if I start getting excited, you know, tell me to slow down because we want to make sure we check this car out and we want to make sure everything's right. So we get there and it's about 1030 at night and we plan on driving the car back. And so the car is sitting under a, a lamp, you know, a, 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 a lamp in the, the parking lot. And within three seconds, I, I did one walk around the car and I said, it's perfect. I said, I'll take it. And my wife kept saying, hey, hey, you said you, you said to slow down if you okay. kept going too fast. So I know the listeners are saying, so you, you, when you first bought this car to when you repurchased it, had the price gone up or gone down? The price, yeah, I paid about uh, $10,000 more for it the second time. Okay. Okay. In a, in a matter of... Four, four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah, and I think I even got a, a a really good deal on that car because at that point in time we're we're close to ninety ninety two thousand miles on it, so it's it's becoming a high mileage car. All right. So you you've got this car back, Scott. You know, you know it's pretty special now because you've owned it before. Um, you know, there's yeah. marks on it from your from your son hitting the airbag, and you've bought it back. So you're enjoying that car. So you've still got the car today. So you're obviously still enjoying it. Um, yeah. What makes you decide that you need another Porsche? Yeah. So I was, I, and again, I was just, I, I like to keep abreast a on the prices. And I, I wasn't a big Cayman fan or, you know, I wasn't drawn to Caymans. I, I just kind of liked the 911s. Um, you know, the 996s, the 993s, the 997s. Um, that's what I liked. Um, and uh, the, nine, the, the Cayman that I've got, uh, the previous owner put some, uh, some bright blue stripes on it. Um, and that's what caught my attention. So okay. I started reading the ad, reading the ad on the, on the car. And he goes through a whole list of, of all the things that are on the car. Um, which were very impressive. I mean, it was suspension, it was steering wheels, it was wheels, it was, you know, the, uh, it's got an EVOM uh, 370 kit on it. That's a, it's a 370 horsepower Cayman S. Um, you know, okay. so it's got the underdrive pulleys. And So you, you weren't, were you looking for a Cayman S? You, you decided that you liked to look at them and you, you, they sort of caught your eye again and you, you started looking for a Cayman S or you just came across this one? Yeah, was, I just came across it. And the thing that, that caught me first was the blue stripes. The blue stripes. But then, so, the, but then the price of it. Okay. So it's quite, it's, 
very modified then. It was a very modified example. Very modified example. Um, and the price, the, the, the price was uh, $14,000. Yeah, so it's a great price. So I started asking some questions. Well, you know, why is, why is the car so cheap? And the, the guy, that, the owner, he told me he said he was driving at home and it started making a funny noise. Okay. And I said, well, what was the funny noise? He said, well, it, starts making, it started making a ticking sound. Okay. And uh, so he, he immediately took it to his independent mechanic and they advised him that, you know, it could be several things, but more than likely it was either rod cap bearings. It might've been bore score. Um, but anyway, the, the things that they were advising him of were catastrophic failures that okay. the motor had not blown yet, but it was, it was on its last leg. So they tell him that, uh, you know, it's going to be $2,000 minimum to pull the motor out and start diagnosing what it is. Um, and at that point, he, he kind of decided that he was going to sell it. So I end up picking it up, and I get in contact with the mechanic that's got the car. And I said, you know, let's just pull the motor out of it. We'll source a, a, another motor, and we'll stick another motor in it. And I mean, it will be money ahead. So that's, that's exactly what we did. So we, uh, so we sourced a motor and okay. we pulled uh, all the goodies off the, off the old motor, the, uh, the uh, IPD plenum, the underdrive pulleys, the, um, it had some other, it had some other stuff on that motor too. So was, how did you source a motor, Scott? You sourced a motor from a wreckers, was from a wrecked Cayman, a wrecked Cayman S or how did you go about sourcing it? Uh, engine that you knew was going to be okay because we've still got the IMS issue with the with the Cayman. Um, Correct. How did you go about that? Um, the 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 independent the the mechanic that had it he he had started doing the search for the previous owner. Um, so they they already knew where there was a good motor at, or they they okay. thought they you know they they already had that kind of sorted out for me. So he so, did that. He did the work. This this mechanic that the previous owner had been in contact with. He's the one who put the new motor in. Correct. So I yeah I I get back and we're we're in contact with each other because I hadn't picked the car. I hadn't even seen the car. Only I don't, only thing I'd seen is just pictures of it. And um, so, but the 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 thought or plan I had was so this is a motor out. Um, let's let's do everything we can do. So at that point, they put a new water pump on it. They put new coils on it. They put new plugs on it. Okay. They put new AOS, uh, you know, the air separator on it. Um, I mean, so this was a, a we did a major, a major uh, tune-up on the car while the motor was out. All okay. new belts. Uh, so is this, anyway, has this become your fun car? Then is this the is this the modded sort of fun Porsche that you you know that you that you drive hard that you you know is, is that what this car has become? That is, ex that's exactly what it is. Matter of fact, when I, when I got it, it had racing seats in it. It had a, had some racing bucket style seats in it, which they were painted that same blue as the stripe that's on the car. Okay. And I mean, that was, that caught my eye. I thought, oh, that's, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. These seats are, are, but they're very difficult to live with. So they, they came out pretty quickly. Okay. So can I ask, cause I'm, I don't really know this answer. So the the cost of a replacement engine for a Cayman, 
what sort of price are you looking for? Well, the um, the total bill, which included all the all the the it included a clutch, included flywheel, okay. included you know the the coils, the spark plugs, the water pump, the AOS separator, yep. the all of that was and getting the getting the motor back in the car, uh, fifty five hundred dollars. Wow. Okay, that's cheaper yeah. than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty good. I, I so take, I, in, I'm in sorry, total, I, that's I, pretty I'm good, sorry. isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. And plus the, the the price of the 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 donor motor, which was about forty five hundred bucks. Okay. Okay. All right. That's still yeah. pretty good, though. That's still pretty good. So, how long have you owned this car for? The Cayman. How many years ago? When did you buy it? Yeah, I've had it for about a year now. A year. Um, any issues with the new engine? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, it, I'll tell you, you push the sport button, the, the sport mode in that car, and I think that that must be what activates the uh, the the program and the in the the computer on it. Oh, okay. But that car just just comes alive. Fantastic. And it just oh, it just sings. It's it, the, the You've got two pretty good cars here, though. You've got a turbo, you've got a nine nine six turbo, which is not slow by any means, and then you've right. got a, a modded Cayman, a modded Cayman S, which is obviously sounds pretty fast as well. Um, which one do you enjoy the most? Oh, by by hands down, the turbo. I don't know if you if you've never driven a turbo or if you've never spent a, a good amount of time in a turbo, other than you know just a, a real quick test drive. You really should do it because. When those turbos, when they finally spool up and, and hit, it is so, it, it's just such a visceral feeling. Yeah. I mean, it may, yeah. it may not be, it may not be fast. It may not, I mean, the, a new 992 is, is quicker if we put a stopwatch on it. But boy, the, the drive of that is unbelievable. Just unbelievable. With the with the turbo and with the, let's just say the turbo, the 906 turbo cab, since you've purchased it, have you done much to it have you added anything to it have you changed wheels have you have you upgraded exhaust have you done any any other work to it or it's pretty much how you you bought it back yeah it uh, it came with a with an upgraded 2b exhaust on it okay and it came with some aftermarket wheels on it um the fronts were nine and a halfs and the backs were eleven and a halfs right um and it also came with the the factory turbo twist that, that came with the car. Yeah. Um, I, again, our, our roads here are so terrible. I, uh, I put the factory turbo twist back on it. I really like those wheels though, Scott. I think that wheel on that, on that turbo is just the, it's just the right wheel, the turbo twist. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you see I them agree. with aftermarket, but the, it's the factory wheels on that. Just look, it just looks right. It just, just goes with I, it. I agree. And they, and it, and it rides so much better, but um, so the only thing I've really, really done to it, I put a, a cob, a cob tuner on it. Okay. Um, which uh, really, I don't know that it made the car any faster, but it certainly makes the throttle response quicker. It's quite popular, um, isn't it? The cob's quite popular, isn't it? Yeah. I've read about and, it. You know, I don't know a lot, a lot about it, but I have seen it on the forums on Renlist. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, for nine hundred dollars. And it's a, it's a pretty safe upgrade, but at this point, um, yeah, you know, I, I see them that, uh, you know, guys have got 600, 700 horse out of those cars, you know, by upgrading the turbos and the intercoolers and, 
but you know what? I, uh, I've get, there's no place in, in this town I live in <laughs> that I can get out of second gear yeah. without but, breaking the law. Yeah. Um, I've got a, it's uh, probably safer to leave it how it is. There's probably enough power there. You know, that's what, that's what I think. And it, that's funny because I'm, I'm always upgrading everything, but this is the, that, that car. I just, I just leave it alone. Okay. It's, so um, let's, let's move forward because uh, you've got the turbo Cabriolet, you've got the 996, you've got the Cayman S, which is modded. So you've got a good combination, actually. You've got a, you know, a good combination of two Porsches, but you're not yeah. satisfied. You, you obviously start looking for another one because there's one more that comes along. So tell the listeners yeah. about the next one. So I was uh, at a, I, I, I'm a real estate appraiser and I was appraising a guy's house and I walked into his garage and there was a 87 944 S nice. sitting in his garage. And uh, of course, you know, as soon as I saw the, the Porsche badge on it, you know, I, wanted to go over and see what it was and, and take a look at it without acting like I was digging through the guy's garage. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I talked to the guy and he said, yeah, it's, he, he said, I'm, I'm going to sell it. Uh, it sounds like you, uh, you'd be the right person for this car. So he and I uh, kind of quickly worked out a, a real quick deal on it and uh, drove it home. So it was, right place, right time again, right place, right, right time. place, right time. <laughs> It was uh, his, um, this, this, this story that I got from the, the guy that I bought it from, his father is the local PCA club president okay, and a longtime PCA member who had fallen into uh, bad health. Um, his family didn't know what to do with this car. Okay. So the, the PCA president contacts his son and says, you know, this would be a good way for you to get into the Porsche club. And so he buys it and they proceed to go through it. They, you know, they did the belts. They, they put uh, the, that car came factory with the Coney sport suspension on it. Okay. Um, and a limited slift differential. So it's the, you know, it's a 16 valve car with. Was the 944S, was that, a worldwide model or was it just a US model? I thought there was only, see, I'm not really familiar that much with 944s. I know there's a 944 in Australia and the 944 Turbo. Um, yeah, that was worth the, Yeah, that's a, a worldwide. But this is a 944S. Yeah. 944S. So that's the, the, the first one that they, they go from an eight valve to a 16 valve oh, motor. Okay. okay. So, um, you know, it gets a little more horsepower out of them. But uh, so, what they, color they, is it, Scott? Tell the listeners that what's how's the interior? What sort of interior does it have? Does it have a wild interior or a more subtle interior? Um, yeah, just tell the listeners it's, a little bit more about the specs of the car. So it's a white. It's it's a white uh, with a burgundy or a, um, a, a kind of a, a deep red interior, and uh, it's got the teledial wheels on it, um, nice. and the. Uh, the interior was was perfect. Those cars uh, they get a lot of crack dashes and and uh, that sort of thing. This one the, the dash is still in almost perfect condition. The steering wheel and the shift lever are both leather. Um, so where the hands touch, it was not in great shape. Right. So the the first thing I did was I I pulled the steering wheel off and. 
uh, sent it away and had the steering wheel rewrapped and had the okay. gear shift rewrapped. So it's an, um, auto, it's an auto, Scott? No, it's a uh, five-speed. Oh, it's a five-speed. Perfect. Yeah. So the, the red interior, is leather interior or is it the fabric, the period sort of fabric interior that Porsche did? Yeah, it was a, it's a leather interior. Um, okay. Nice. Yeah, and that's and you know, believe it or not, that that car. So I drove that all last summer, and uh, we just got it back out, and it's it's turning spring here now. So we're starting to to slowly get these cars back out again. But so um, when did you purchase the nine four four, the nine four four S? How long ago? Yeah, so that would have been that would have been early summer last year. So I've had it for I've had it for nine months, ten months now. And what's the um, opinion? What do you think? Compared to your other two Porsches, yeah. compared to the Cayman S and to the Turbo, the 911 Turbo. Yeah, you know, the, the Turbo is still my favorite. I mean, that's, that one's probably always going to be my favorite. But uh, the 944, it's different. But it's a, it's, it's a cruise. It's kind of a cruiser car because it's not fast. You know, it's not, uh, it's, it's not real quick. But it is such a fun car to drive. So, so far, my wife and I, we have we've done three little mini trips in it, and uh, it really is just a it's a fun car to drive. So it's a reliable car. It's been very reliable in the past twelve months. Yeah, very reliable, and you know it's it's a car that I started up, and I don't think twice about it. It doesn't, uh, you know, I don't. I'm not worried about anything breaking on it. Um, and it it's just a cruiser. It, it doesn't uh, it doesn't go real fast, but it, it's a it's a fun car to yeah, cruise Yeah, but it's in. the experience, isn't it? It's the same as me wanting a nine twelve. It doesn't go fast, but it's that whole it's that whole thing, isn't it? It's the experience of it, you know. Um, yeah, and, you know they, they they surely look good. That's for sure. I like the look of the nine four fours, the nine two eights, and the nine two fours. They definitely look good. Yeah, and I again, that's I get I get so many comments on that car. So last fall, my wife and I bought a, an old gas station. <laughs> okay. And a, a working gas station? We, no, it was a, it, it was an, an old gas station. It was a, a, a gas station in the 1930s. Oh, wow. It was a, a three bay uh, old gas station. It happens to be just a handful of blocks from our house. Okay. And uh, so it's got two bays on the on the top, but then it's got a drive-in basement. And the drive-in basement, I can get six cars down there. Okay, that's dangerous. <laughs> it, exactly so that's so, so that's what what's coming next you mentioned it earlier well, on what's coming next you know i don't know i'm i'm kind of starting to get in the mode of i'm I, i've got the cayman out right now and they're going to do a, a a wheels off detail on it where they're gonna um and they're gonna do the paint correction and then they're gonna ceramic coat the the whole car and ceramic coat the the brakes and the the rims and, okay the Cayman's black, isn't it? And, so uh, black is always a difficult yeah. car to detail, yeah. I just want to tell the listeners, because I forgot to tell them earlier. Sorry, Scott. Um, if you go to Scott's Instagram, it's uh, Metzger at Metzger996Turbo, at Metzger996Turbo. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast so you guys can go and have a look at Scott's cars. He has got a few pictures on there. Uh, so go and check that out. Give him a follow. Um, so you, you mentioned before that you, you, you might want to you were looking at, you were thinking about a Carrera 4S. Is that something that's going to come next, Scott? That's, you know, and again, the same thing that we were just talking about is I think the bubble in that car is moving and I think it's going to get to the point pretty quickly here 
where they're going to outprice me or yeah. outprice what, what I would spend. Um, I, and I think, I don't know if I've missed, I don't know if I've missed it yet or not, but well, you know, it, I'm looking and yeah, they're, this, yeah. they're, I mean, they're, they're almost, they're almost a 996 turbo money, which is, you know, well into a, a 997 money. Um, yeah. I mean, I can only, you know, like Australian prices and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but you know, a 996 career 4S is, is close to 90,000 Australian dollars. Um, no need to do the conversion, but a, a 996 turbo can be anywhere between anywhere around one. This is a manual turbo, 140 to 165, 170 Australian, Australian dollars. Wow. So that's quite a big difference. So the career 4S is still available. It's still there. Um, a lot of people spec them in um, auto. There wasn't a lot of manuals in the career 4S. I don't know whether it's the same in the U.S., um, so they're harder to come by. But I think it's a great car. I mean, I really do think it's a great car, especially with your turbo cab. It would be a good combination if you're going to keep all of them. I'm not sure if you're thinking of moving you're moving one on or you're just thinking of getting an extra one to fill up that garage, well, that, that that gas station. Yeah, we, we, we've about got it full already. <laughs> so, But we uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking around the idea of selling the, selling the Cayman. Um, again, it's, it is a, it's a blast to drive. It is, it's really fun to drive, but – um, the nine, the nine, four, four is just as much fun in a different way. And then if I want to go fast, the, the, the turbos that would be the fast car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you've got a, you've got a great combination, Scott. I mean, people are going to be listening to this going, you know, you've got, you've got all bases covered almost, you know, you've got the transaxle, you've got the nine, four, four S you've got a mid engine, the Cayman, and then you've got the, the nine eleven. So you've got, you know, all sort of you know, all the different types of Porsches and all the different driving experiences. So um, you you kind of really do know what you want and, and where you want to go from here. Yeah. Well, I also, uh, I've also got a love of Land Rovers. Oh, okay. So we've got a couple of those floating around too. Um, uh, I hope you bought them years ago. They're getting very expensive, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I just sold a, a 92 Range Rover Classic. They're, they're and, so expensive. Those eight, late eighties, ninety uh, Range Rovers are so expensive. Yeah, I don't know if they are I'm, in the I'm US, holding, but they are. In, I know in Australia, I was looking today at the, at a classic throttle shop in Sydney, and they had one. And it's you know it's yeah. over a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, they're they're not that they're not that here. They're still still inexpensive here. The problem you you find with them here is they're either junk. Yeah. Or they're expensive, yeah. so you can find them all day long for six or seven thousand dollars. Oh, okay. But they're junk. You know, they're they 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 weren't taken care of. Um, and then the good ones are you know six fifty sixty thousand um, dollars. But I've also got a a discovery too. Um, I think I'm. That's the one I'm going to hold on to. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it, the Land Rover thing? Because I've had other people on owner stories. Um, Nick from um, Melbourne, Australia, he's got a Land Rover Series. I'm probably going to get it wrong. Series two or Series three. Um, uh, and Nick in the UK, who's got the 912, he's got a Land Rover. There is a there is a thing there with Porsche owners having Land Rovers. You know, they kind of you know they must go together. Yeah, they yeah. must go together. I mean, I guess it's a good combination, you know, because they are very cool. The, the, the old Land Rovers are very very cool. Um, they're not always great to drive in. I mean, obviously, the, the old Range Rovers are better than the, than the Land Rover Series 2s or Series 3s. Um, but it's a good, it's definitely a good combination. 
Yeah, that's and like I said, I drive the the Discovery. Mine's a I've got a two thousand Discovery with fifty thousand miles on it, and uh, yeah, so I, that's the one I drive drive the most out of the the Land Rovers. Yeah. It's good. You've got you've got a good car collection. So Scott, we're getting to the end of the podcast because these usually go for an hour. I knew I'd go. We go over time today because we had quite a few cars to get through, um, and right. they, they always go over when when we've got multiple and multiple cars. Um, but someone comes to where you're living in the U.S. Indiana is that right? Indiana, correct. Someone comes to Indiana. They want to take their 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 Porsche or their sports car on a road. What roads would you recommend, or which roads are your favorite roads where you live? I know you said the roads are terrible, but uh, or even in the U.S. Actually, uh, I was just going to say you, you you need to bypass all of Indiana as far <laughs> as the roads go. Um, but the, so is is there a is there a road in the U.S. where you haven't taken your nine eleven yet, and you'd like to take it to? You know what? I'm getting ready. We're going to go down to the tail of the dragon, which okay. is down in oh what, whatever that is, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, that that hub. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a, a rim list, uh, meetup down there that, uh, uh, we're going to, I don't know if we're going to take the Cayman or we'll take the turbo. I'm not sure, but that's our, that's our next trip. Oh, fantastic. So it's a rim list drive, is it? They've organized a, a drive down there. Correct. Correct. They're going to do one this spring and then they're going to do one in the fall. Okay. Um, and then we've, uh, we've got reservations for, uh, the PCA parade uh which is going to be in french lick indiana this year so that's about four hours from our house so we're going to go down there i think i'm going to take the 944 down there very nice very nice that's great scott thank you thank you so much for being on um owner stories today thanks for telling the listeners about your your porsche cooled owner story and telling about your cars um great story about how you got the 996 back even how you found the 944 you know right place right time it always seems to be that way with porsche um, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing the story. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we go? No, I just, thank you for having me on. I, uh, I love these cars. So, um, probably if we talk again in the near future, we'll probably have another one. Yeah. By. I'd be interested to know that. I'd be interested to know if you pick up that C4S or something else Yeah, or something else. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that would be the next one. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time out this afternoon and, and, and telling everyone about your story. It's been great. Great. Thank you, Michael. All right, everyone. Uh, that was Scott coming in from uh, Indiana. Like I said, if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's Metzger. You know how to spell that. Everyone knows how to spell Metzger. 996 Turbo. Uh, and that's it for now. Thanks for listening. And bye for now.